with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. It's season four. It's February. We've got Valentine's Day smushed in the middle of this cold, short month, so I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to warm things up a bit with a conversation on romantic comedies. <laughs> that wasn't my best intro. I'm not entirely sure. I've had a good one yet, actually, but one day it's bound to happen. It's going to happen, guys. So I have a lot of feelings, a lot of opinions about romantic comedies. As I'm sure you're well aware of by now, I have a lot of feelings and opinions on most things pop culture related. Romantic comedies, though, remind me a lot of Disney animated movies and the conversations we had back in season one. If you did not listen to those episodes, you can definitely go back and do that. But the nostalgic, mushy-hearted side of me thinks they're sweet and innocent and just plain fun to watch. But then there's this cynical, frustrated, I don't know, eighth of my brain. That's all the room I will allow that portion of my personality to reside. Thinks they are... Well, they're incredibly problematic and potentially damaging to young young folks. I almost said especially young women, but I don't think that's true. They could definitely feed the wrong messages to young men as well. So how is it that we can both love and despise something at the same time? I actually think about this a lot with a lot of things just in life. The way we as humans, we can hold multitudes the way every day We're forced to say yes and or no and because so few things in this world are purely good or purely bad. That you can hold two seemingly opposite ideas, concepts, or feelings in your hands at the same time, and they can both be true at the exact same time. Life takes nuance and takes context and it takes sitting and pondering and thinking about how you really feel and being aware enough and open enough to change your mind when you want to change it. So I guarantee we'll kind of explore all of these things throughout the season, not in any deep philosophical way, because that's not really how we do things here at A Bit of Fun with Emily, but we'll have some fun with it. There have been three different drafts of this particular season. I couldn't quite figure out which direction I wanted to take things. At first, I thought it would be kind of fun to compare romantic comedies by decade. We could start with the 1930s and talk about a different love story each episode until we reached modern day. But then I thought maybe we could explore movies by romantic trope, friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, love triangles, fake lovers, and so on and so forth. So I landed kind of on a combination of both. Sometimes we'll be talking about the movies that are basically remakes, ones that find themselves with similar or like legit identical plots, except for a few modern updates. Sometimes we'll be talking and comparing dashing leads and how they fare as romantic icons. Sometimes we'll be talking about the tropes themselves and how they work or don't. Sometimes we'll be talking about how things have changed through the decades. Basically, I landed on a free-for-all, whatever I fancy, because... There are a lot of romantic comedies to choose from, and I have watched so many of them, and there's so many we could talk about. So we're going to be smushing some together. I've used that word twice now, I think, this episode, smushing. Um, And I used it at work, too, recently. So that must be, I hope that's not my word for 2020. Oh, that'd be a weird word to have. Um, But we're just, we're going to have fun with it. So as a part of that, I'm going to talk about whatever I want attitude. I thought I'd list some of my favorites for the episode today. Movies, tropes, characters, actors, quotes, etc. Because to be honest, it was just too hard to narrow down the list, and this gives me an excuse to talk about everything I want to talk about. In fact, I kind of made up some categories to talk about two particular movies that I just don't think get enough love, um, and that I, I 
love to rewatch. But here we go. So there are a couple of standouts for me when it comes to handsome leads in a romantic comedy. I almost always get the tingles for a gentleman that is awkward, because awkward is really endearing, especially as an awkward person. Perhaps a little surly, because that is often accompanied with flirty banter and teasing, or gentlemen that acknowledge the strength and capability of women. That is that is very sexy. So included in this list is um, Francis, played by Sam Rockwell and Mr. Wright. It's a romantic comedy about a young woman who believes that she's met the perfect guy, only to find out he's an assassin on the run from this criminal cartel. It's a when you find someone who's weird matches your own weird don't let it go kind of story that is held together by Sam Rockwell's charisma and charm. I love Sam Rockwell. Coming up, I think it's going to be season six. Um, We're going to just talk about some of my favorite movies of all time, and he's in two of them, at least two of them. I don't, he could be in more of them, but he's in at least two of them. I love Sam Rockwell. So number two is going to go to Declan, played by Matthew Good in Leap Year. He's got the surly and standoffish Irish bartender thing who agrees to take this kind of loud and entitled American on a road trip to Dublin for some money so that she can propose to her husband because she thinks it's not her husband to her boyfriend um, because she thinks it's some Irish tradition that isn't really a thing. Uh, But they of course find love instead. Good has a way. I, again, I love Matthew Good in just about everything that he's in and he's played some really interesting characters as well. Uh, most recently he's uh, a vampire, of course, in a discovery of witches, but he has a way of like growling and smirking at the same time. That would be infuriating to be around. I think I would actually hate to be around him, but again, with the flirty banter and the chemistry, it works really well on screen. And my last pick of one of my favorite male leads in a romantic comedy actually goes to Alex Hitchens, or Hitch, played by Will Smith in the movie Hitch, about uh, a romance consultant who falls for an independent, stubborn journalist, while also helping really awkward men find confidence to woo the women of their dreams. So why Alex Hitchens? I think the main point, well, I, I, well, well, The main point is because he's not intimidated by Sarah's strength, ambition, or fiery spirit. He doesn't make her feel small to make himself feel big. And most importantly, he doesn't encourage other men to act that way either. And I think that is why I find him so attractive. It's his encouragement of men to just be themselves and not put on a show for these women um, and just growing their confidence in who they are and kind of I think there's a line you know in the movie where he's helping he's helping men do what they need to do so women can get out of their own way which I don't know is necessarily true I think a lot of women would be very attracted to these men but um it was it was just very sweet and so that one has always stuck with me but now for the ladies and it's It's kind of hard because I'm actively trying not to talk about movies or characters that will be discussed later in the season. It's also hard because the ladies tend to be one-dimensional. It's kind of frustrating. Um, They are either the damsel in distress or they are the um, professional career-driven woman who doesn't have much of a personality or a sense of humor. 
But I like a lady that knows her own mind, doesn't let romance distract her from her purpose or a goal, and that is exceptionally witty and smart. And there's a few of those out there. Included in this list is Gracie Hart, played by Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality. And that, of course, is when an FBI agent um, enters the American... Oh, my goodness. What is it called? I just forgot. The beauty pageant. Um Miss America beauty pageant. There we go. Wow. Okay. She enters the Miss America beauty pageant because she thinks that there's, um, that something bad is going to happen. Uh, so never once does she doubt her abilities. She works in a man's world. They actively kind of make fun of her at the beginning of the movie. She's not the most, um, culturally acceptable feminine, (laughs) She doesn't hold that kind of femininity. Uh, Does she feel awkward? Yes, she's awkward. Absolutely. Is she frustrated when she's not taken seriously? Of course. But she stays the course despite what others say. And in the end, it's that humility and drive that not only saves the beauty pageant, but also wins the object of her affection. Even though they give her the makeover, she is still the same Gracie Hart at the end of the movie that she was at the beginning of the movie. And I always really liked that. Then there's uh, Julianne Moore as Audrey Woods in Laws of Attraction. In Audrey, we get a talented, ambitious, professional woman who has made a life for herself as a lawyer. She's a divorce lawyer. She comes across another divorce lawyer played by Pierce Brosnan. They have one of those... um, I love to hate you relationships. They end up in Ireland at one point, accidentally get married, uh, fall in love. Um, and they end up together, of course, at the end of the movie because it's a romantic comedy. But never once after she meets the man that she will fall in love with, does she step aside to gain his favor. She kind of leans into it almost. She learns a lot, especially about vulnerability, but she never once makes herself small to make him feel big. That's kind of a, a motif. I like that. And my final one, Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't include Catherine Hepburn's Bunny Watson from Death Set. I mean, it's Catherine Hepburn playing a librarian, so that should really be all you need to know. But Bunny is quick-witted, intensely intelligent, and strongly feminine. It's that wit and charm that eventually wins over Richard Sumner. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen that one, I highly recommend it. It's about um, a group of librarians who work for... um, a television network and the company is bringing in a computer that will kind of streamline finding information. People will call in asking questions about either something they'd seen on a show um, or if they are writing or prepping for a show, they would call them um, the ladies up. And so Richard Sumner played by Spencer Tracy comes in. He's kind of evaluating the efficiency of the departments. And of course he and Catherine Hepburn fall in love. That's so cute. Um, Highly recommend that one. So that is my favorite leading ladies. Favorite trope. I'm not entirely sure I have a favorite trope. It seems like I both love and despise all of the tropes. Uh, Typically, there's miscommunication, which is usually frustrating, but there are times when it's amusing and charming, like in While You Were Sleeping. There are love triangles where inevitably the wrong person is picked, like in Something Borrowed. But then sometimes they get it right, like in The Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey and um, Jennifer Lopez. I know I really like A Road Trip, like in Leap Year with Matthew Good or Chasing Liberty. That may also just be because of Matthew Good, who just have, you know, he's a not both of them. (laughs) I know I like a madcap rom-com where the comedy plays a bigger role than the romance, like in The Honeymoon Machine starring Steve McQueen and Jim Hutton. 
where a couple of a sailor and a scientist, his scientist friend, decide to use a new computer to help them win big at the roulette tables. So they get um, a weekend leave. They go off the ship. They're staying in this hotel room. They are flashing Morse code to the ship, and the ship, um, another guy on the ship, is running. Um, kind of what has been happening at the roulette roulette table through the machine and they just keep winning because they know what to bet on it's about probability and statistics which i don't fully understand but it's it's an adorable movie steve mcqueen is just a joy i am a huge jim hutton fan i will be talking about him in my favorites episode some of my favorite movie one of my all-time favorite movies is where the boys are so i'll be talking about him again but it's it's the comedy is more is more of a focus, the plot, than the romance itself. But there's a couple of fun romances. And I know I like the friends to lovers trope, where you watch two people build a relationship instead of falling into it. Um, Like, definitely maybe with Ryan Reynolds is a really good one, or The Duff, which is kind of a teen comedy more than a rom-com. But I really enjoyed that one. And we're going to be talking about a couple. We, of course, will be talking about When Harry Met Sally and always be my maybe which was a netflix movie so we'll be talking about those later this season and finally we're just gonna we're gonna head on to my favorite quotes some are specific to the romance others are just specific to the movie a lot of them don't make sense out of context and i'm gonna share them anyway but just a heads up with that so one of my favorites and one that has always stuck with me is you can have roots and wings mel from sweet home alabama when melanie played by reese witherboon Witherboon, Witherspoons, her estranged husband, Jake, uh, lets her know he understands why she had to leave. She has left her small Alabama town. She has gone and made her name for herself in New York City as a fashion designer. She has come home because she wants to divorce divorce her husband so that she can marry McDreamy. Um, And so they are talking about the relationship that they had and how they were so very young and he understands why she had to leave. And it's just a very sweet moment. And I like that idea that you can, you can have both, you can have roots and wings. And I like that. Uh, the second one is, um, specific to the movie, not the romance itself. It's kimono. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to say it. Kimono, kimono. Ha. Of course, kimono is come from the Greek word kimona is mean winter. So what do you wear in the winter time to stay warm? A robe. You see, robe, kimono. There you go. That's of course Gus Portocalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I that was a immediately a box office success, a surprising one about a woman who is 30 and she acts like she's 80 and her life has passed her by. Um she decides that she wants to just kind of start living her life and so she gives herself a makeover. She starts to go to school. She's working at a tra- travel agency. She's built her own life, which I always really liked about her. Uh, and then she meets a guy and, and she falls in love and she has a really crazy family. I almost thought that that would be a fun trope to talk about. And I actually, we might talk about it. Um, I haven't fully decided yet, but you know, rom-coms with some just really crazy family dynamics. I mostly just want to talk about crazy rich Asians. Uh, So we'll see. Maybe we'll talk about it. And the last one is a series of, um, I've already talked about this. Maybe we're going to talk about it again. I'm going to be playing a couple parts here. I'm not going to do (laughs) 
accents, of course. But so Lucy, this is while you were sleeping. Lucy has just been out with Jack um, and she's talking to him. Jack is the brother of the man that she is supposedly engaged to who is in a coma. And Lucy says, okay, um, what do you mean by leaning, the leaning thing? You mean because he gave me flowers? And Jack says, and then you leaned. And Lucy says, and then I leaned. And Jack says, yeah. Lucy says, okay, how did I lean when I leaned? And Jack says, it was a lot different from hugging. Hugging's very different. Hugging that involves arms and hands and leaning is whole bodies moving in like this. And he kind of leans towards her. And then Jack says, leaning involves wanting and accepting leaning. And then they get interrupted by Lucy's horribly hilarious and just irritating neighbor joe jr and he says hey luce is that guy bothering you and lucy says no no and joe jr says are you sure because it looks like he's leaning it's the romance most romantic part of the entire movie um who would have thought bill pullman who would have thought i wouldn't have thought bill pullman you'd be like "Hmm, bill pullman um Love that scene in that movie, though. I did get to see that one not too long ago at the Artcraft Theater in Franklin, Indiana. It's a retro theater um, that's celebrating its 100th birthday, actually. It's one of my favorite things to do is to go watch old movies at the theater and eat the most delicious popcorn. They have done amazing things with building community and making Every time you go and experience that you remember, it's kind of like a cult. And I've always said that I kind of want to be in a cult just a little bit, just to see how amusing it would be. Uh, (laughs) I mean, not really. I do have a fascination with cults. Maybe we'll talk about that. If I do talk about that, I've got to get Jessica back on the podcast because she too is obsessed with cults. But that's an odd thing to bring up in the middle of the romantic comedies is Is the lover of a romantic comedy also kind of in its own cult? Maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe we'll have to explore that this season too. I am so easily amused. (laughs) But that's it for today. Next episode, we're going to be comparing the classic, The Shop Around the Corner, starring Jimmy Stewart, to the modern counterpart, You've Got Mail. It's one of my happy movies, that and Mamma Mia, If I Need a Pick Me Up and Singing in the Rain. They're they're just so sweet. If I need me a a pick me up, then I put one of those on. Thank you so much for listening. Really. It is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review so that other individuals who like random conversations about pop culture with someone who just doesn't really know what they're talking about can join in on the fun as well. Or if you want to share the podcast, that would be awesome too. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as a bit of fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today and I will see you next time.